Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello. Hello. Anyone around here speak basketball? Welcome to the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. I am your host, Freddie Revis. And who, sir, in I believe that's a vest, are you? <laughs> I'm the producer, Bad Duncan, not wearing a vest. But yeah, you know, it does look like I've got a classic, like, uh, late 90s gap vest on you're right that you wear with like a dark shirt i did rock that a little bit in high school so thanks for that that callback but uh, no i'm just wearing a dumb t-shirt which uh (laughs) yeah now i'm uh gonna look at it like it's a vest tee a faux vest tee it's uh it definitely seems like you are like you wear your sunglasses at night (laughs) high five you know like if you're if you're snapping your fingers on the corner wearing that and sunglasses uh, I think, uh, you know, you could definitely start a musical or like scare some teens. You can't see them, but I'm wearing the biggest pair of cargo shorts you've ever seen. Oh, that's awesome. I hope that there's uh, <laughs> at least 700 pockets and a couple rolls of tape. <laughs> oh, God. But uh, yeah, if you're tuning into this podcast for the first time or you're coming back, thank you. We're with Raptors Republic. We are like a Raptors slash NBA hardcore pod. Um, so if you're a hardcore basketball fan or, you know, if you're a new basketball fan, you've arrived at the right place and, um, yeah, Maddie, if people want to help us out, help us grow, you know, like if, if, if we, if we are going to become the next Dax Shepard and have like a empire Whoa. of pods, like how can people help us do that? Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, that's the mountaintop right there. Dax Shepard. What we yeah. want to do, you know, we've got our links set up. Our link trees are all set up on our Twitter and our Instagram. That's going to take you to everywhere you need to go. You want to watch us on YouTube? Link is there. If you want to go to raptorsrepublic.com, you can listen to us there as well. You can read all the awesome articles and stuff that come out as well as listen to the other podcasts that are a part of the Rapcast, which is what you need to subscribe to on the podcatchers If you want to hear us every week. And yeah, you know, dunkspodcast.com, that's our, our website. It's been rebranded. It's it's looking crisp. So you're, you're free to watch and listen there as well. Uh, damn right. Um, and I think, uh, you know, well, we can get going here pretty soon, but I will say, I've, as I've been saying, uh, free Brittany Griner, um, if it's something that you're unaware of or haven't been paying attention to. Uh, get involved and make some noise. It's a absolutely uh, horrible thing that we should all be upset by. Yep. And um, yeah, I think uh, let's, let's bring on our first guest. Uh, it's actually our, our guest for the day. Um, she is my sister-in-law. She's done this podcast before. She's one of the most hardcore Raptors fans that there is really, you know, she's uh, like a basically, you know, I test focused uh, she's got a nickname that works with that. But, uh, you know, if you're a longtime fan of the podcast, you already know her. We're super excited to have her back. And, um, yeah, uh, without further ado, uh, please make some noise for I test Elisa, a.k.a. Elisa Nobrega, a.k.a. Brazil, zil, 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 zil. <laughs> What's up, Elisa? Hello, 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 hello. <laughs> um, did I cross the line with the Brazil zil zil? 
No, I love it. You know, it's a World Cup year. So actually, Freddie, I think in all of our interactions, I'm talking Labor Day weekend, Thanksgiving, family, Christmas, all of that, you should only address me as, oh, hey, Elisa, Brazil, zil, 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 zil. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, I, I didn't commit hard enough because you got to go like five zeals. Right. You got to go five zeals and you got to really trail off. You know, it's yeah. got to be like, but zeal, 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 zeal. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Like maybe that. like a Vuvuzela in the back. <laughs> or that's just, that's a new thing. That was only like, yeah, that's not like an everyday it's a South thing, Africa right? thing. I want to <laughs> yeah. say, what was that? 2012, yeah. you know, that's a recent era thing that I hope has come and gone. Yeah. Frankly, we can move but... on from the bee buzzing noise, I think. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. The world cup where it just sounds like everyone's getting attacked by bees. That was a good time. Yeah. We're like the constant hum wasn't of the, the roar of the crowd. It was just this like high pitched yeah. buzzing in your ears. You're like, is my sound working on my TV? Mm-hmm. What's happening? Yeah. No, I, um, before we move on, I don't want to talk about soccer too much more because this is a basketball podcast, guys. But sure. I cannot believe sure. Brazil's my team, Elisa. I always cheer for them, and I can't believe it's been 20 years since they won. Yeah. 20 years. Is that unreal? Um, Wait. Listen, don't... 20. Yeah, 2002. 2002. Yeah. Matt, do not rattle Elisa before the podcast. <laughs> I know. I want to get her Begins? amped up. I'm trying to think about like, okay, yeah, Baggio kick, 94, France, 98, the repeat. Ronaldo. I guess that was 2002. Oh, my God, 20 years. Yeah. As long as we don't talk about like the Germany situation, we'll be fine. Yeah. Let's not. Let's just not. just strike that from the record. Never happened. You know, wasn't in Brazil. Like, just don't even worry about it. There was Um, a lot of stuff going on, I'm sure, at the time. It was fine. Hey, I'm an Argentina supporter, and that was, uh, you know, Argentina Sorry. also lost. I know, I know. But, <laughs> hey, okay, let's uh, let's talk some Raptors ball. Uh, lots going on. My God. Uh, right. Maddie, good sir. Um, you're uh, you're, you're going to be in on all the questions today, uh, but you're also, you know, you're also rocking the sound effects. So I got to see your face to your own weird sound effects. It's going to be good. Uh, give me your most deliciously weird uh, I, I don't know if it's still old celebrity territory, but uh, yeah, give me your best Raptors sting. That's Raptors fans assemble. For those who don't know, but the assemble does the Brazil Brazil thing. Stick around, get to the chopper. Toronto Raptors hashtag with the North. Oh, okay. Uh, so that's, yeah. yeah it's, I guess very calm, Arnold. Um, yeah, Matt's been, you know, getting, getting a lot of like cameos from celebrities to say Raptors things. Uh, or he found a website where he just pictures there. Yeah, or, he's thrown, or he's thrown a lot of money at the project. You know, he's really like yeah. thrown a lot of money at different celebrities to be like, I just need you to say hashtag we the North. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm always down for some extremely calm Arnold Schwarzenegger um, <laughs> talking Raptors. Uh, okay, Lisa, let's get into it. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to start with uh, KD stuff. Um, Oof. You know, we actually, uh, I mean, I heard, you know, Sean Woodley and, and Vivek on Locked On talk about um, some of the KD stuff. Uh, earlier than our podcast, uh, just you know, trade situations. Obviously, you heard it from low originally, and we led with it. Like, trade? Would you trade Scotty for KD? Hypotheticals. And I feel I feel like this is our first Raptors Republic pod where we got a little bit of heat for it. Um, you know, as a kind yeah. of like a clickbaity thing, but it's turned out uh, we were kind of on the money. And uh, you know, it's even if we're not going to you know, entertain that idea. It has circulated for a long time, not just Scotty, all, all types of Raptors trade machinations for KD. And then also the adjacent uh, storylines that is like Aiton and, you know, uh, like like how the Raptors are involved in these conversations with the Nets, uh, with um you know, uh, the Suns, are we facilitating? Are we a third team? Obviously at Summer League, there was the like uh, the sighting of Masai with Woj, with Woj and, um, and, and Marks as well. So people are speculating there. And um, yeah, I guess my question is sort of like, as a Raptors fan, as an analyst, how, like, what's your major takeaway from 
like how the Raptors are discussed. And I don't necessarily mean through the like American lens. I just mean right now, the way people are talking about the Raptors, what are like, what does it make you, how does it make you feel? What's your takeaway? Um, great question. So I think the biggest takeaway for me is that it is mostly through the American lens where the Raptors Probably because of what Masai did with Kawhi not long ago, we are in actual discussion as like a team that like a major superstar could go to and win a mm-hmm. championship. It, it feels like before Kawhi, it was like there's no chance we're ever getting a big player, you know, at any time, blah, 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 through trade or otherwise, just because like that doesn't happen. But Kawhi totally changed that for us. Now we're like actual contenders. Obviously, we won the championship. People kind of want to come here. We've built a really good reputation about like who the Raptors are, what the city is, you know, our um, mm-hmm. our coaching staff, the development, the team dynamics, the culture. Like, you know, I, I can't say enough good things about Masai for that. And I feel like people are recognizing that. People can see that Toronto's not like we were never a small market team, but we were always treated like a small market team. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the KD talks are kind of proof that we're not just that anymore, which is kind of nice. You know, it's like nice to be noticed and whatever, like that's cool. Hey. Um, Yeah. Like internally within Canada, I feel like it's, (laughs) it's such a gong show. Like everybody wants, or doesn't want KD. And like, there's just so much speculation without having known it, like no real data on anything. At the end of the day, you got to trust in Masai. You hear all the rumors coming out for like what they actually want for KD. Like the Nets are like, in my mind, it's totally ridiculous. And you know that Masai is not going to make any dumb move. Like he's not mm-hmm. going to, he's just not going to do anything dumb. That's like against the core team values. So I completely appreciate that. But I feel like the Raptors fans are like rabid for another championship immediately. So everybody's like, yeah, it's like the Kawhi thing all over again. We will, we'll give away everybody on the team just to get Kevin Durant to score a hundred points on his own every game and win the championship, which is not my preference, but um, I feel like Canadian media needs to like calm down a little bit, but I do appreciate how the American media is now taking us seriously. I feel like it's yeah. going to only bode well for us in the future now with other stars. Uh, great points all around. I mean, like, I feel like the visual I'm getting from what you're saying is sort of like, you know, there's this like, there's this almost like American like hat tip to like what the Raptors are and that like, we're, we're not a joke anymore. We're, we're no. a serious place. We've won a championship. I don't know if we have a direct comparison. Like sometimes I think like, is, is it Dallas? Is it this place that's sort of like one mm. once? So people know it's like, there's a legitimacy, but also it's not like a major destination still. Um, but yeah, we're like, kind of like, we've proven that we're this like well-oiled machine. I mean, obviously you know, people always talk about the Spurs. I think the Spurs still kind of exist in this weird world where they ran such an amazing ship for such a long time, but still didn't really get major free agents, you know, or like, you know, I guess they got LaMarcus Aldridge, but yeah. that seemed like it was the beginning of the end, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's kind of like there's this legitimacy to who we are and what we do. Like the, the you know, trust in Masai is, is real, right? I think the rest totally. of the league recognizes him. The rest of the league recognizes Nick Nurse. And I think for me anyways, the, the league really recognizes that we have, you know, arguably the best uh, contracts in the league and the best, like, you know, I hate calling players assets, but everyone on our team is good and everyone is tradable and no one's overpaid. So it sort of puts us in this like hyper malleable place. And, you know, to your other point, I feel like is, is key. I think like calling the Canadian reaction a gong show is the only way to describe it because you, <laughs> yeah. you're, you're tapping into like deep Canadian insecurity, first of all, totally. And then also you're tapping into this like will to be like, Hey, you know, like we think that a championship is like simple and you just trade for player X, who's the best and the end, which is, you know, I, I mean, I've talked about it like at nauseum on this podcast, but you know, the, the Kawhi did it alone is such a simplistic, unnuanced, unfair narrative. Untrue. 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 Right. And, and it, it, it sort of discounts everything that led up to that championship. 
you know, Agreed. depending on where you want to start, maybe it's the Bargnani trade, maybe it's the arrival of Masai, whatever. But there's just so many iterations of like different things that happened, different outcomes, you know, like, yeah, whatever. Like there's a lot. Oh, of yeah. I mean, we yeah. all know it, the success of our last championship, you know, the shot against Philly, for example, which is obviously the most obvious answer. But it could have been so many things like, you mm-hmm. know, I, Kawhi Leonard, Kyle Lowry, like that whole team, the whole team was so good to begin with. But I think what it's led to because of that trade and how stunning and shocking it was in the timeline, like we gave up our firstborn son, DeMar DeRozan, and, mm-hmm. you know, he will forever live in our hearts. But the fact that we did that and we, it yielded us a championship, I think a lot of the Canadian media, media and fans feel like maybe this is the exact same situation, yes. you know, like we can give up a, I don't know, Pascal, Scotty Barnes, Fred Van Vliet. Like, we can give up our best player and get Kevin Durant and don't, no problem. We'll win a championship at the end of the year. And it's like, nah, that's not how it works. That's not how it's going to happen. And Masai's smarter than that, too, right? Like, so mm-hmm. the, the, all the talks and like, yeah, this reporting about like, oh, we saw Masai talking to Woj and like, or yeah. whatever. It's, it's so overblown that it's just, it's feeding all of this nonsense. My, my guess is that. Kevin Durant starts the season with the Nets. It goes mm-hmm. at least until like November, if not December, before they're able to make anything happen. I mean, they're already in a situation with the James Harden trade, right? Like the Ben Simmons, how's that going to work out for them? And who mm-hmm. knows what's going to happen with Kyrie? Like there's such a mess over there. P.S. I love that. But yep. there's such a mess over there that they're asking for, it's like they're holding on to KD and they want something so big in return that they're probably going to have to, let that ride out a little bit before they get anybody to to do something big is what I think. Unless oh, I I, I think you're completely right. It's it's a, like I think the main takeaway is that uh, we're like an organized, classy, uh, you know, whatever like a group of people, and they're a tire fire, um, and, <laughs> and we're 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 talking with them. Um, but yeah, yeah exactly. I, I think so much of what's going on is like different types of leveraging. Like, you know, I'm yeah. not sure if I've said this on the pod before, but I also think there's like this sort of coy, you know, uh, like facetious attitude that that the Raptors management has a little bit. That's that's a little like, oh, yeah, you wanted uh, you wanted us to trade OG and, um, uh, you know, trade OG for a seventh overall pick and like Josh Hart. Well, like if we're talking about trading OG for real, like we're trying to net Kevin Durant. That's right. You know exactly. what I mean? So it's like it is Masai yeah. being like, listen, you might not value my guys. You might want me to trade Kyle Lowry for Taylor Horton Tucker, but I'm <laughs> trading Kyle for Precious Thaddeus and Coloco. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like that's he's like, that's exactly. how I think. Like it's cool. I'm not gonna panic. Um mm-hmm. but yeah, good points all around. Maddie, I hope we didn't take away like all of the air in the room. Uh I don't know, like we feel like we covered a lot of ground, but like yeah, what's your what's your take sort of of like with you know how I guess people are speaking about the Raptors uh in general, like not necessarily in reference to KD, but like yeah, I guess where we're at right now. You know, I agree with you guys a lot, but I was going to come in with a bit of an opposite opposite view here. Okay. I feel like the KD to Toronto thing is being, by a lot of people in the media, it's being viewed as like a banishment. Like he's Jon Snow in it. They're sending him to the north. We got to trade him everything we have that's going to like give us a chance at a future. And he's just going to like love it up in in Canada, smoking our weed and just, you know, like... (laughs) You know, weed angle for sure. Yeah. And like party with Drake, smoke a lot of weed. Yeah. That's what Toronto is, right, America? I mean, maybe a little bit, you know? Yeah, I just don't like, I don't understand it. Like, Masai, I don't know how anyone doesn't trust him more than any other GM or president in the league. The guy knows how to build a team. You know, he, he, he made that big Kawhi trade, which was just unbelievable like when does anything like that ever work out and like yeah I definitely think that the Durant thing could work if we bring him here but it's like I'm happy to hear that the market is cooling on Durant like they're they're having Mm -hmm. to like change their their trade and stuff because no one's going to be like giving them four first round picks for a 34 year old Durant who you know maybe in some pain and you know he's still amazing but like he needs Scotty there with him we need a Scotty Durant 
duo. We need Pascal. We need those three guys. If we have those three guys, then yeah, I think we're we're going to the finals. But it's like mm-hmm. I it just I feel like there's this vibe that like, well, no, you know, the Toronto's always going to be. We don't know what that championship thing was. That was just a that was some wacky miraculous thing. Yeah, and. And, you know, like, they'll always be competitive. They'll be in the playoffs, but they're never going to go back to the finals. Like, that's what it feels like. And it's so ridiculous that, that like, you know, they, they, I don't know. Is it the America-Canada thing? I don't know. I don't know what it is. But the majority of the teams international or American, like, why can't? Why, why can't it be a, a story you're rooting for? Why aren't they actually rooting for Durant to come here? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, you know, you're you're now speaking to the Chris Broussards of the world. And I think, you know, sorry to interrupt, Matt, but I think you also touched on it. You know, I just want to say you touched on a really good point about like uh, this, this uh, getting little brothered. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's sort of like, you know, uh, going back to what Elisa is saying, it's like it's it's a mixture of like we're kind of we're validated. It's sort of like, man, that little brother is like can do 10 backflips, but like, can he do one more? (laughs) <laughs> you know, and it's like this yeah. sort of thing that's like, wait, like, and then as a Canadian, it's kind of like, how many times do we have to prove ourselves? And is it infinite? And sorry, Matt, I feel like I interrupted you. But like, yeah, though, 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 that kind of like othering that little brother that we the North sort of thing, it's it's still present. Right. You know, Chris Broussard came out and he's like, uh, you know, trying to talk about like, uh, you know, uh, the, the lack of diversity in mm-hmm. um in Toronto and like, it's pretty clear he doesn't really know Toronto well at all. No. Um, and you know, we even have to talk about that, but like it's just sort of this, this idea of like talk, like, yeah, it's almost like they're not actually entertaining what this is. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that for Durant, it is kind of like, you know, his, his legacy has taken a bit of a beating over the years. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. He's kind of shown like he was in a perfect situation with Golden State. He had those other guys that could support him who were superstars. Mm-hmm. And but like, you know, I don't know what it is about like this, you know, trying to get all these different superstars together onto one team is just like it's proving that it it's a, a very finicky thing and it's not working for Durant. So why don't you come up here to the team where we've got Pascal Siakam who's going to take another step. He said it, not me. I agree. Yeah. And you got Scotty Barnes, who just won Rookie of the Year. Yep. You like? I think it could really, it, it could, it could, you know, bring his his uh, reputation back a little bit. He comes up here, he he focuses, he wins, he maybe gets another couple rings, and and then oh, you know he, he's he's back in that you know closer to not goat but closer to the goat kind of talk. I think. Yeah, um, I will say I do agree that it's been interesting to see the super team crumble uh, in Brooklyn so mightily like they because mm-hmm. not only with like the big three that didn't work out, but like all those like superstar vets that they got for their bench, like those old guys that were big players that like ended up not being able to contribute that much because, mm-hmm. oh, wow, you need like young, fresh talent that's like up and coming and all that kind of stuff. Like the Brooklyn, when we played Brooklyn in the Tampa year, mm-hmm. in the COVID season or whatever, the bubble, that team was like a bunch of scrubs, but they were good. You know, it yeah. was like all, it was like they had like Jared Allen yeah. and they Chris had, like, Chioza. Dinwiddie (laughs) and like all of these players that like yeah we slept there because we were by far the better team but but they had like a glue that was like good and you could see in it and I I remember saying at the time like Brooklyn like we should watch out for Brooklyn whatever they're gonna do but then they traded everybody away Mm -hmm. to get Blake Griffin and I don't even know DeAndre Jordan yeah that yeah yeah wow you know what I mean? And so it's actually been nice to see that crumbling. And I hope that other teams kind of take note that like the super team doesn't really work. Cause I don't like it as much, you know, it's like, it's not what you want. Having said that, um, I think that if the media is reporting like, Oh, they're going to Kevin Durant's going to get banished to Toronto. Like that's silly. Cause obviously we're the coolest city out there and Kevin Durant would, I think, love it here. Yes. But I truly think it doesn't come down to him, like not wanting to play in Toronto. I think he actually might want to, and I think it would be a great fit for him. And he knows that I think it goes back to Brooklyn, like holding out for 
you know, all of our top players and deciding like, nah, you can't have them. Like mm. it's not feasible that we would give up all of our core strength just to get Kevin Durant who might yield us a championship. I don't know this year, next year, who knows, but yeah. I'm yeah. Happy to it, it all, frankly. And as like a, you know, a dude who runs a podcast, it's so fun to be talking about this, uh, you know, with like a real, I guess, you know, backbone without, without being like, you know, theorizing how we could be relevant or could win a championship. It's like, it's a different mentality when, when you've done it before, like, not that I did it, but you know, like like rooting for a team that's done it and, and you know, the, the mechanics and the things that were there are still there and actually better, I would say. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's move on to question two, which is uh, basically like, yeah, there's only been one summer league game actually as we're recording this and in six minutes, we're going to play the bulls. Um, uh, So, but yeah, we'll be airing this podcast on the 13th. Uh, Maddie, what is, uh, you know, what's like, what's the, I guess, narrative storyline you're most interested in, you know, uh, in regards to the Raptors coming out of summer league? Well, you know, I could, uh, I will say that seeing how Coloco gels with the team, I think he had a great first game. I did see some highlights from the game and, uh, you know, those blocks were huge. You know, he got some points, he got some boards. It was great. Now, but what I'm focused on, and mainly this is because, uh, oh, sorry, let's see, I've got to switch over here. Because yeah, he yeah. is. Give yourself the focus. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Listen. I got so much more to do now. Listen, uh, I took to Matt, okay? He's lucky. He's a lot, a lot of, a lot Matt, of. you're doing play. such a good job, Matt. It's so Thanks. good. So Thanks. good. God, yeah. Be nice to me in the comments. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. What I was saying was that my eye is actually on Benton. And I, you know what? I kind of feel for Ben. He did not have a good start to the game. It looked like he was just like moving a little mm-hmm. too fast. I think uh, the man they call Mac had a great tee where he's like, it looks like he's clicking the R2 button like constantly <laughs> through the whole game. Playing NBA That's 2K. hilarious. Yeah. yeah. So shout out to uh, Mac for that one. But yeah, like I think that it was really tough. Look, you're in the shadow already of uh, of Scotty winning the, the rookie of the year. You know, the season he had, you know, you're down, you're playing for the 905. You're, you know, you're working things out. We went to the playoff game. He looked good. He was one of the big guys out there on that on that game. But it's going to be interesting yep. now just to see that now you've got Coloco coming in. And it's not like he's an old guy looking down at like, oh, no, new rookies, new blood coming in. But it does kind of put you in that weird sophomore spot. What is like, you know, this is kind of his time where he's got to find whatever his place is with the team. He's got to kind of solidify it a little bit more, I feel like. So it's going to be interesting. And I'm rooting for Ben because we all love the Kipling bus. So, you know, we've got to make that bus. <laughs> got to make that Dude, bus famous. Um, I have a backup point, but that is my major theme as well. Uh, I'm also interested in, in Delano and like what... You know, I think, um, you know, I, I scratched it as one of the topics, but um, I did throw it on Twitter. Like I ordered my my Raptors, you know, one through 15 just to, you know, gauge people's reactions. And we're just so much deeper than we were last year. And for Banton to be, I think, a rotation guy, like you're sort of expecting like him to be the summer league MVP. Like he has to not just be good he has to like he has to devour the summer league and you know so i think you know he, uh poor guy hurt his wrist so he won't be playing in the summer league but uh champagne you yeah. know would have been the same thing like i think for you know and with, with uh with, with coloco and i'll save that in case elise is going there uh yeah you're looking for early signs of anything but you know i think you really hit on it matt with the, with the sophomore thing too because scotty's a phenom mm-hmm. so already Banton, it's like, okay, you're not a phenom. You're a late second round pick. You're, you know, yeah, like ca- captain of the captain of the Kipling 45. Like, <laughs> you know, you're, you're doing your thing. But also the NBA is so hyper competitive and there's 15 roster spots. Like you're obviously going to get a spot, but are you going to, yeah, who are you pushing out? Like mm-hmm. who, who are you pushing out for minutes and, and how, and, you know, can you add a shot and, um, uh, I just wanted to read his stat line because I think he did sort of correct. Yeah, in the game he did. And, yeah, you know, yeah, six for eleven, two for three from three, um, five. Uh, sorry, seven rebounds, five assists, a steal, and a block, twenty-one points. 
Yeah. So he he crushed. Yeah. He ended up doing really really well, but also yeah, it's. But you um, could see those nerves at the start where it was kind of like I got to show I'm the best guy here. This is year two for me. Exactly. Like, and I have to take more shots than other people. And like, I basically, I have to do that dance of being like, I'm too good to be here. Right. You know, um, I remember there was some conversation early on, uh, on Twitter being like, Oh, I guess Scotty going to play in summer league. And it's like, God, no, no, no. you know, and that was before (laughs) he was rookie of the year. Like, sure. He plays basketball all the time and he likes to play basketball whatever, but it's like, Scotty's too good for summer league. Yeah. Like it's not happening. Mobley's not playing in summer league. Cade Cunningham's not playing in summer league. Like there's, there's a status thing in the NBA. Like, you know, mm-hmm. like even precious, like those guys are sitting on the bench cheering on the guys in the summer league. Mm-hmm. But, but Delano is like, no, I'm still here. So I have to like prove that, you know, next summer I I'm going to be sitting with the rest of the guys watching people yeah. uh, in, in, in a summer league. But um, yeah. Uh, where, where are you at Elisa? What What's like the main summer league narrative for you? Revis, you know that I don't watch a lot of Summer League. I check out the Raptors occasionally when I can. Um, I did not watch that first game. I am I test no break. And the reason I don't watch a lot of Summer League is because I want to see you do it in the regular season. Like, it's good for the coaches to kind of get an understanding about, like, okay, this is maybe how I'm going to play him. And probably Pascal is the best example of someone who I think exceeded expectations in Summer League and kind of got some, like, early playing time on the Raptors roster early and then, you know, became a superstar and an all-star mm-hmm. and et cetera. Um, or all team. But um, I, I haven't seen a lot of it. What I, the only thing that I saw, and it was not a Raptors game, it was like uh, Orlando versus OKC, was that Scotty was there. And he's there and he's like cheering everything on. So, mm-hmm. you know, the one, the only real takeaway I have from what I have seen is Scotty's superstar status. Hey, is, this is a good take. Yeah. It is because like he, he is like much like what you said, like his status is not, Oh, I'm not going to play in the summer league. He, even as like a rookie that was just drafted, I'm not going to actually play, but even now going to a sophomore, he's like, no, no, I'm a big enough star that I'm actually going to go to like other teams, summer league games and like watch the talent and like support my friends from the same schools and be like, yo, chumming up with Carmelo Anthony. And the announcers actually called it out when I was watching the game being like, oh, it's so good to see Carmelo Anthony and Scotty Barnes. I'm like, whoa, like they just talked about Scotty Barnes and Carmelo Anthony in the same sentence about these like, you know, legend kind of players that are there to like support the new kids. And that was really telling for me that, Oh, Scotty has arrived. Much like we were just talking about, you know, in terms of Toronto and getting its due in the American media, Scotty has really done that a little bit for us now, too. Like, there's been a few things, obviously, that, you know, winning the championship in Kauai, Drake did it for us, too, with all of that, you know, mm-hmm. stuff. But I feel like Scotty has also now put a little bit more attention on Toronto. He's, like, so enthusiastic to be here, be part of this team. He's doing the, like... I'm already a vet, like watching these other young kids play. So I really appreciate that. I will say, I think it's super interesting what you guys are saying about Banton because, yeah, this kind of thing we actually saw at the beginning of last year as well, right? Like he came off the bench and it was like, who's this kid? Oh, yeah, we drafted him second round, blah, blah, blah. You know, Kipling represent. Awesome. But he and he was great to start. I was a huge Banton supporter to start, and then he faded super fast because, as we all know, NBA season is long. You get injured. It's a mental game just as much as it is a physical game, and he wasn't able to keep up. Right? Like he just wh- whether it was because of any kind of like injuries or the mental game or going back and forth from like um, playing on Raptors and playing with G League, like mm-hmm. whatever it was, was difficult for him to like break through on a roster spot for some consistency which is fine because he was a rookie and that's that's fine so i am curious though because like correct me if i'm wrong we have van vliet but like who is the backup pg it's uh it's malachi or banton yeah so i'm a banton fan over malachi i know malachi's done some he's had some really good moments and games Mm -hmm. i don't feel like he's consistent enough to be like the clear number two above Banton. Having said that, I don't think Banton is there yet either, but I have more trust that Banton's going to get there than, than Malachi. Is Malachi at all playing in Summer League? No, no. Because Ma- Ma- he's already what now? This is like his third, his fourth year? 
This is, uh, you know, I, I keep forgetting. Was Malachi? I believe he was a he was a rookie in the Tampa year, right? Yeah, yeah. I think. This yeah. Is, this so is this is his third year. Yeah. 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 But um, what you, what's your call there on why he's not playing? I think he's. Uh, I mean, I think he's sort of proven himself like as an NBA rotation guy and is not someone who just needs, you know, endless reps. Like I, I, you know, it's, it's interesting. I feel like he could be playing, but I feel like the Raptors sort of, you know, they know what they want from Malachi. And I think they're testing out other people um, yeah. in, in summer league, whether it's, you know, uh, you know, Ron Harper jr. Who we haven't talked about or, yeah. um, but, uh, but before I move on to my kind of backup point, I just want to touch on your Scotty thing. Cause I feel like that's a great, uh, summer league narrative is that Scotty's touring around. He, you know, he's giving me major Vince vibes. Totally. He's giving me major like, hey, uh, it's weird that you don't respect this city. Anyhow, you're gonna respect me. Everyone does. I'm great. This is who I am. I'm a star. Uh, I in, I went to the finals and interviewed Tatum. Like everybody likes me. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? He has his vibe where he's just like, he's just like, you know, people want to be around him, and he's like magnetic totally. and. There was this hilarious Chris Haynes interview during the game where, you know, he, he's like, I'm here with Scotty Barnes. And, um, uh, you know, uh, it was sort of like, yeah, I didn't really predict you like to be rookie of the year. So I got to call myself out. And Scotty's like, oh, no worries. Right. You know, just being nice. And then he's like, uh, he goes, Scotty, do you remember um, what you got your first game? Uh, and, it, it, uh, you know, for people listening, it was uh, I think it was 18 and 10 like in his first uh, summer league game. And Scotty, like without hesitation was like, yeah, I think I got 33 points, 25 <laughs> points. <laughs> and then Chris Ains just laughed with like this. He was just like, this guy's just funny. Yeah. And he's like, you know, I saw someone tweeted out. It's like, wow, Scotty's like, you know, that early phase of like, oh, is he media trained? Like that's done. Scotty, oh, yeah. Scotty is fully like media savvy and like, you know, He's rolling up to every shoppers in Toronto, taking pics of people. He's scootering around like this guy's done wearing his, his jersey his... too, which is which I love. <laughs> yeah, he's it's incredible. It's so fun. We're so lucky to have him. It's it's such yeah. an exciting time for the Raptors, even if you don't make the championship, because you want to see like what Scotty's going to do and how he's going to like bring mm-hmm. the team forward. And it's it is going to be interesting to see how he like not coaches, but kind of coaches the rookies that come up now after him. Mm-hmm. So maybe Coloco is not going to be the one because I, I mean, maybe he is, but like, how is Scotty going to take that like leadership role on the team? Because he's so primed for it. Like he's, mm-hmm. he, it feels like he's so ready for it already that I'm wondering how he's going to take over. I mean, like, it's not, he's probably going to be Tim captain if, once Freddie leaves, hopefully if we have him that long, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I think so, but also like Freddie's, you know, 28. Right. Turning 29. So I That's think true. there's no there's no time. rush. It's just a good yeah. situation. Um, but uh, yeah. OK, let's uh, let's talk some NBA. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, sorry. My, my last little point. I'm just going to say it's not it's not much. But uh, Arma- Armani Brooks had a really good game. Uh, he was drilling it from three. I think he's fighting for that. You know, he's even behind Banton, right? He's fighting for that last spot, like fighting against Utah, fighting against DJ Wilson. Like he's sort of. Um, you know, we really need that skill set, you know, uh, can he hit more threes than Svi? Like, I think Armani is one of those guys where it's like, you know, he's, he's fighting to be on the NBA roster. So, uh, it's, uh, you know, that's, uh, it, it's interesting. That's what summer league's about. It's kind of like, you know, that those, those fringe spots, but, um, yeah, let's, uh, let's do some NBA. Maddie, I don't know if you have uh, <laughs> calm Steven Seagal or what's next, but please give me your most delicious, uh, NBA Sting. I gotta play this again. This is Adam Silverhawk. <laughs> That's okay with me. It's just, be a permanent. I had to play it again because. Thank you. The second no. honk where he runs out of breath kills me. Yeah. <gasps> Weird Al is wonderful. Thanks for. Thanks for hiring Weird Al to talk about Adam Silver. Why he says honk, honk, or ha, ha, or whatever he says. He's doing the honk. He's doing the tugboat honk. That's what he's doing. Okay. 
Oh, like, <laughs> like, that's, that's what he's doing. Wow. Um, that's like, I mean, there's an inside joke and then there's whatever this is. Uh, this is like, yeah, we're, we're inceptioning oh our own weird joke that barely made sense from their origins. So that's right. We're going to eat our own tail here. You got to come along for the ride. It's yeah. happening. This pod's got some mythology. Okay? Um, that Matt, thank you. Um, you are uh, yeah, just a pleasantly, uh, weird person who I love. Um, Okay, let's uh, let's go to you, Elisa, uh, on this one. And um, we're not like hardcores as far as like we were talking about this a bit before the podcast started. Like, you know, we might not be able to explain the exact intricacies, but the very basic is, you know, the transition foul, uh, also mm-hmm. known as the take foul. Uh, Raptors fans would recognize it from, you know, watching DeRozan and Lowry do it for such a long time. It's basically it's not a clear path. But it is a foul to prevent, like, uh, you know, bad numbers. Like, a, you know, it's a you're, you're, you're kind of taking the advantage of away and fouling and then setting your defense. So the NBA is looking to get rid of that. They're going to give the offensive team a free throw and the ball back, which, uh, you know, I, I like for flow of game. I think, you know, people always talk about what is a basketball play and what is not a basketball play. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we think about the three-point um, kick out like guys like you know kicking their leg out to draw a foul is like that's not yeah. really a basketball play and I think this is not really a basketball play so and I'll never blame a player for doing it right they're looking for every single advantage period so right. that's fine you got to change the rules and I think this is a is a good rule change so with that said Elisa um, and you know, silly questions, well, or silly answers, welcome here as well. If you don't have a serious one, but is there a rule you would change, alter, add, subtract? Yeah, like, like, is there like anything you can think about as far as like the way basketball is played where you're like, you know, I don't like this? Yeah, okay, well, I'll start with the rule, which is we were talking before, so it's not like at an end of game situation where you're, where you're giving a foul, where you have a foul to give and you mm-hmm. give it and you stop the clock for whatever reason. Right. It's this is specifically around the transition. Right. Yes. So this is like, you know, you're on offense and you cough up the ball and then there's a fast break coming the other way. And then you foul them on purpose mm-hmm. so that you can either prevent the dunk or whatever, set up your defense, etc. Um, So I do like that rule as well. Beca- this change as well, because not only are like, you know, stealing the ball breakaway dunks, they're fun to watch as like a yeah. basketball fan, especially when they're not happening against the Raptors. But also the Raptors as of late have been notoriously bad free throw shooters and pretty good at defense. So th- we've been burned by this kind of foul transition foul lock where like we're, we're playing lockdown defense. We, we steal the ball. We got hands everywhere. It's, you know, Gary Trent or Freddie or Pascal or any OG, anybody is like up in everybody's face. We steal the ball. We pass it out to somebody precious on the dunk and then they foul precious. And suddenly you're like, oh, no, like, mm-hmm. because we've been so bad at the free throw line last year. It was awful. Yeah. So and we're so good I, at transition. Yeah. We're so good at transition D. Well, we're so good at transition, but we're also, yeah, so bad at the line. So I feel like, yeah, this not only is a basketball fan when I'm watching other teams, is it going to be fun to watch a bunch of breakaways and everything? Because I love good defense. And if it leads to a steal and then points, it's amazing. But um, I think it's like specifically going to benefit the Raptors and maybe this Raptors team specifically. Although I do hope that we have improved on our free throw shooting. Like, good God, I hope everybody has been in the gym every day taking a thousand free throws. (laughs) Now, what rule would I like to see change specifically I had to think about this because you know there's not a lot that I would like to see change but I Mm -hmm. do think one of the things could be the something around like the coach's challenge Mm -hmm. so right now each coach gets a coach's challenge one per game and if you are unsuccessful you lose your time out Mm -hmm. and if you're successful it's like cool but you still don't get your challenge so I was thinking you should keep your coach's challenge if it's successful, 
you know what I mean? So like you have a coach's challenge and you challenge it and it's successful. You should get to keep it as opposed to losing it anyway. And, you know, also keeping your time outs. The problem there is that then you might have like an endless amount of challenges per yes. game, which I know can really slow things down. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, maybe you have to have like up to a maximum of three or five or whatever, okay. but that still means that like the refs aren't doing their job. If you have to like challenge everything, but then I don't know, you don't want coaches challenging every single call. If yeah. It's endless. So yeah, I would say like keep the coaches challenge, but at a max of like, you know, three per game or something like that. But I also had a silly one. What <laughs> if, cause you know how players are also, <laughs> I'm just going to keep going. You know how, like a lot of players, they're like way superstitious. So mm-hmm. if like, there's so many players like this, DeRozan was big on this and he still is. If they're doing bad at the beginning, they'll change their shoes. Yeah. There should be like a maximum two, like three players per team can change their shoes once a game. Oh, <laughs> anti- anti-shoe change. I see. That's right. Well, you got to like really spread it out. They have to talk to each other, you know, to be like, oh, my mojo's not there today. I think I got to change my shoes. And the coaches be like, you cannot change your shoes because so-and-so might need to change their shoes later in the game. And like, we really have to be able to monitor people's flow and let's see how the messes with their psyche. You know what I mean? Okay, I'm I'm into the the weird one is very good. I, you know, Thank you. I, I think you were, we're delving into like Elisa just like trying to mess people up. So uh, that's 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 good stuff. And you're you're a real one. You know, it's interesting too, right? Because I feel like I've definitely seen nurse or you know whatever different coaches be frustrated that they have to use their coach's talent challenge on something they know is right and then lose the challenge and then there'd be a pivotal moment later and be like, shit, I wish I had my challenge. Right. Um, so, yeah, something like, you know, uh, like because it, do, it does feel like there's a punishment for negatively using your challenge and sometimes positively using your challenge. All, all you get is the call that was supposed to be made in the first place. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, OK, Maddie, what's up? What's your rule change? OK, I'm adding a rule and this is I will. I will state that I find this is it's a bit annoying and it's going to annoy some people. I understand that. But I guess this is maybe coming from someone who's a hockey fan, and I'm used to this not being allowed. So what I'm trying to talk about in a roundabout way here is the shot after the whistle, the little practice shot that the players Mm. like to take. I don't want that to happen anymore. You can take your practice shots before the quarter starts, before the game, you know, during practice, you could do all that. Mm. But like after you are lining up a three pointer shot and it doesn't go and you go and you take a quick practice shot to get that feeling going, I feel like it's a bit unfair. So the only thing I would do is if someone does it after they're fouled and they're about to take uh, two free throws, they only get one of those three throws, free throws. <laughs> and if it's just okay. like if it's uh, just them, like they're they're just getting ready to inbound the ball and they do it, then it switches possession. The other team gets it. Oh, that's that's harsh. Yeah. So I don't harsh want any more of that. But... Now, if you want to take a shot, you can do it on your own net. Don't you do it on our net? <laughs> wow, man. Okay, this now, is so, good. This is like just so I'm clear. This is like in game. I'm about to take a shot, but I get fouled. Whistle yeah. blows. I'm down on the ground again. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to the free throw line. Let me just take a shot to see the ball go in. Yes. You're like, no, 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 no. no that's no, not no. allowed. Yeah. Okay, because yeah. that is a psyche thing. It's true. A lot of players do that because they need to see the ball go in the net, right? Like it's part of their. I mean, the thing, biggest so. th- these guys can all shoot. You see them in practice; they'll never miss. But it's all about the pressure of being in the game and the fans. And it's like totally. I feel like it's a, it gives them a bit of an edge when they get that one practice shot in. And sometimes, hey, you know, sometimes it's close enough in the score where it could mean you lose the game. Well, we already see the defensive players sometimes like go in and like block it from going into the right. Line, right? I love that because they, they also know that they're like, no, 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 I don't want you yeah. to see your the ball go in the net because they yeah. know it's also a psyche thing for sure. Yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the, the punishment is harsh. But like Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe maybe it's a little too harsh. We, there's some wiggle wiggle room on the punishment, but uh, no wiggle room on the punishment. <laughs> um, you're getting a weird out. Ha ha. Uh, until you, you, can't, you can't even sleep that night. You got to wear headphones. Weird out just going ha ha. 
And, uh, yeah, it's, it's on you if you can't sleep. You know what I mean? I, I would like to see the shot. players. I would like to see the players like who still want to take the shot take it on their own net. Like <laughs> they do like a quick like dribble up the court. Yeah, to take that yeah. Shot. It Go just takes it. even longer. That'd be hilarious. Yeah, the game um, it'll add an like hour it. onto all the games, but <laughs> so I'm there for the experience. <laughs> My, mine is a, a bit flow of game, and uh, I, I get it from a strategic standpoint. Uh, and maybe this is just like, you know, like a too specific, too nerdy of me, but uh, I would cut the uh, uh, free throw shooter freeze timeout. So it's a free throw shooter. They get two shots. Maybe they're a bad shooter. They are about to take it or something and somebody calls a timeout or they're about to they take one and someone calls a timeout. I, I think it's, the, you know, for flow of game, for continuity. Once they line up to take the free throw, it's like you can't like you can't use your timeout. Then you have to wait till you have possession of the ball. Um, if you are the team taking the free throw, then sure, that's different. But if you are the defensive team and it's like, yeah, bad, like, you know, a bad free throw shooter is coming up. and You're just trying to rattle them. I'm like, I, I get it again from a strategic standpoint, but also I feel like it's just sort of like adds time. Mm hmm. Yeah. So mine's the most boring. Sorry, guys. It's a bit boring. And, you know, the problem also with that one is that it's like there's already a consequence to doing that, right? Like you lose your time out. So the coaches already have to like grossly consider do you, is it worth it to freeze the shooter now? Because it's probably like late game situation. You know, you're, you're, the score is within Mm -hmm. one to two to three points. And so the coach has to determine like, okay, this is the time I'm going to mess with the psyche of this player as opposed to, ride it out also it can be um to set up your defense once that your offensive player is taking the shot but you're saying it would only apply to the defensive team anyway yes yeah yeah um okay you know what just fun one before we uh get to the last question here uh three points for an alley-oop okay um it's an alley-oop or layup that's three points Nice. Uh, well, you know, just to yeah. keep things exciting, okay. that would, you know, that's obviously horrible. I, I don't want no slam ball stuff here. You know what I mean? Just like <laughs> insane alley oops, people getting injured. We don't need it. I um, want a 200 point game to be low scoring. So, yeah, whatever's possible. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, I'm with Matt. Let's like double the length of the game. Um, yeah. Let's extend the games to like about yeah. six hours, but also it'll go to like yeah. two, 250, 300 points. So we're going to push basketball in way into cricket territory. <laughs> uh, five day games. Um, uh, okay. But they Let's still start. cut off beers at the arena at the start yep. of the fourth quarter. So, oh. so oh, you are be, sober and hungry careful. and tired uh, <laughs> by the end of it. Um, okay, last question. We'll uh, move a bit quicker on this. Um, but, uh, Matt, I'm going to stick with you. And this is just, you know, it's very early. But mm-hmm. uh, who, who is your breakout team for next year? So, uh, you know, the Grizzlies were, I think they made the, the eight seed. Uh, and then we're the two seed. They had the second best record in the NBA last year. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily have to be record based, but like a team that is not, you know, very relevant. Maybe they're on the come up, whatever. That's going to be like, holy shit, this team is is awesome. And they're like, need to be a force to be reckoned with. Okay. Uh, well, I'm picking the New Orleans uh, Pelicans because Ooh. Zion will be back. And then Ooh. you've got, you've got Ingram, you got McCollum, you got, you got Jonas, and mm-hmm. I think they're going to be a really exciting Baby team. Boy. I think that they are also going to make some kind of trade or something that's just going to give them a little bit more of an edge on, on what they already have. And, yeah, I think that they're going to be a playoff team. I see them being as high as four or five, and I think they're going to just, like, Zion is, like, he's just been sitting in the shadows listening to the abuse that yep. him and his family have taken and he is going to just come out and we're going to be like, oh, yeah, this guy can play. And I, I think it's going to be really exciting. I'm, I, something about him with Jonas I'm just really excited about. So that's my pick. 
That's a great pick. Um, uh, that wasn't my pick, but I will say I think it's better than my pick. Oh. Um, but, uh, yeah, really good one. You know, Pelicans, I think, is a perfect example of a team that could just take a massive leap, you know? Like, yeah, like they're, they're like Ingram as well. My God. Like, um, yeah. Uh, okay, Elisa, who's your who's your breakout team next year? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'll just quickly say I do like the Pelicans also as an answer. Um, you know, I test no Brega here, though. I really got to see more of Zion. I know everybody's so high on him, but, like, until he can play more games and yeah. do what he's supposed to do consistently, he's mm-hmm. not an asset that I would want on my team at this point. Um, because it's hard for me to see into the future of this potential because he could be one of these like big guys that's always injured. He right, could still right. go down that road. So, but, but even that aside, I love the Pelicans. I think they have a good core and I think that's a good pick for that. Okay. Mm-hmm. So my pick was actually the Timberwolves. So nice. obviously they got Gobert and it's like a whole thing with him. But even before they had Gobert, I thought that they were really on the up and up last year um i think they finished the season like the regular season last year super strong in the west and i know they did like the play-in or maybe they finished eighth i can't exactly remember but they were like you know really dwelling at the bottom of the west for a while and they made a huge push and they made it um i mean i love anthony edwards i think he's just like so fun and he's like a great star for them to have Carl Anthony Towns, I go up on up and down on. I think like he has a lot of weaknesses that a lot of teams can like a lot of good coaches know how to exploit, but that's okay. I think that with another good player, he could be really good. And so, yeah, I don't know if the Gobert thing is going to work exactly because obviously that's a major player that now you have to kind of shift what you were doing. But the last point about the Timberwolves I have is Chris Finch, who as a coach, I also love. He's a Nick Nurse protege. He um, took that team to new heights like last year. And I think that they were already on the rise. And if he is able to work in Gobert in the way that Gobert needs to be worked in and Kat can do his thing offensively all the time and like Anthony Edwards can just shine in all his aspects, I think that they're going to be really, really good. Uh, Also, great pick, Elisa. Yeah, Yeah. I feel like they, you know, and both these teams too are sort of like these irrelevant Western Conference teams that are going going you know this is a great part about having a league that has so much parity right now is teams are like now's my time there's no there's no g state that i need to wait out like i'm going i know g state just won except g state except g state except g state but like but the thing is like you know there it's not the g state of old where people are like just assume they're gonna run away with the championship so teams are trying um and uh mine i feel like is a bit more of a cutesy pick uh but i'm just gonna go for it also in the western conference so I'm going with the Denver Nuggets, uh, and this is this is my logic. Um, you know, they they won 54 games in 2019, and then haven't surpassed 50 wins since. But I think this is a year where you know. It's not so much like I think there's going to be Jokic MVP fatigue. I think he'll have an even maybe even better year than he's had. But I think people are going to be done with him as the MVP because they'll want playoff success, similar to what happened to Giannis. And I also think that Jamal Murray is going to be healthy and happy and it's, it's going to happen. Those two are going to be one of the best duos in the NBA. And uh, I think they have a good chance of winning the West and having like, you know, some like 57, 58 wins. Um, And I think they're going to be a well-oiled machine and they're just, you know, people will be talking about them, you know, like they've sort of talked about Utah in past years thinking like, can they do it in the playoffs or whatever? But I think that in the regular season, they're going to to look very dominant and be a well-oiled machine. Yeah. Is Mike Malone still there? He didn't leave, right? That's, yeah, that's he's still there. Coach. Yeah. yeah, it's good. It's good. It always so excites me having questions like this because it's like we have this to look forward to. We've got the contenders yeah. who've got that pressure. We've got the – you know, it's like – this is the fun time, the speculation. I agree. You know? Silly like season, Freddie baby. Said, yeah. yeah, and like Freddie said, it's not just like, even though Golden State just won the championship again, it isn't like before where you just assume that they would every year. Yeah. And it's the same with LeBron, right? Like LeBron is older and on his way out maybe, but like it, there was a time there that it was like, well, you can't get past LeBron in your 
division conference, whatever it is. And that's not the case anymore. Either like, there's no true powerhouses where it's like, Oh, you can't get past Giannis or you can't yeah. get past LeBron. You can't get past G state. It's not like that anymore. So it yeah. is super exciting to see what up and coming it's going to be. It's going to be a great season. I'm really yeah. excited. It's be a great season. Um, and this was a great pod and, uh, Elisa, uh, Matt, thank you both. <laughs> um, to everyone that listens and supports, thank you very much. Uh, you know, hit us up in the comments, all that kind of stuff. Uh, subscribe, follow. But uh, before we go, uh, Elisa, I'm just going to, you know, throw to you. Is there anything you feel like you want to plug or if not plug, is there anything you want to like say to the world, you know? Mm, free Britney, you know? Yeah. That's free Britney. It. That's a good yeah. one. Um, and That's uh, it. I had a great time. Thank you so much. You oh guys, this was Thank awesome. You. You've I already got that. me like more excited about the season now. It's yeah. going to be great. Um, and well, Maddie, you know, uh, I usually throw to you to end the podcast, but you know, do you have anything you want to say to people? <laughs> yeah. Uh, check out season one of the boys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, check specifically out episode boys. seven, specifically yep. 40 minutes into the episode. Yeah. Uh, make sure to check that out. I know they have a new season out. I was at the cast dinner. We were laughing, talking about all the good times. Me and Chase mm-hmm. Crawford. Uh, yeah. So. Lo- Lobster Boy. What, what, what's your character name? Lobster seafood boy? Guy. My name was Seafood Guy. guy. Uh, Wait yes. a minute. I watched all of season one. I missed you. You God were in seven. Damn it. <laughs> Listen, it didn't happen that fast, Elisa. He had some screen time, okay? You didn't fully yeah. miss him. Okay? Listen, I you killed should... a lobster. Yeah. It was a killed big... a lobster. <laughs> sets the fish killed guy. Killed a lobster. Yeah. Yeah. You're not the one who. Lo- okay. Yeah. No, it's yeah, fine. Yeah, I know yeah. I killed he a lobster. He's a lobster. I, and the yeah, guy's yeah, like, that's my friend. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Have a close look. Matt had, Matt had prosthetics, so it's hard to tell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They had me looking yeah. like an old man. Yeah. Matt had like a really, like, really, like, big ears, big nose, hair coming up the ears, all that stuff. <laughs> so he's hard to recognize, but um, he goes hard. You know, he actually paid for his own prosthetics. I he's think. dedicated. This I've heard. This I've heard. He's quite method too. Yeah, totally. No, he went hard. Yeah, uh, boys, season one, uh, episode, episode seven, seven. forty um, minute mark ish. Forty minutes. <laughs> like, you know what? I'll just say this. If anyone watches that and wants to send us screenshots of Matt, oh, yeah, I'm into that. Idea, actually. Uh, I'm into that. Uh, Matt, I don't want to open up, to, open you up to too much trolling, but listen. Yeah, go for it, guys. Um, I think, I think yeah, now's, go the for it. Uh, now's the time. Uh, find your seafood guy, you know? Um, okay. Uh, yeah, that, that's it. Thanks, everyone, so much for listening, supporting, all that stuff. And uh, we'll, we'll see you next week. Maddie, if you feel like we're done and we're good to go, please just give me those words I love so much. Okay. Okay. Listen to the Confederacy of Dunks exclusively on the Rapcast. 